We still do seven NUFC Matters show a week for free. But if you want to help support NUFC Matters, then there are a few ways of doing it. Hit the like button on each live broadcast and video. This helps the channel grow. Hit the subscribe button and select the all notifications bell so you don't miss a single show. If you want to help us financially, then you can join the channel using this button with the membership starting at $1.99 a month. Or you can drop us a donation in the chat using a super sticker. We're also looking for sponsors. If you'd like your brand advertised on the flies for the show and featured during the ad break, then email john at nufcmatters.com to arrange today. Good evening, welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Rafe. They are to my rightful place in the middle of the two legends, Supermac and Gibbo. Good evening, lads. Hi, boys. Hi, Malcolm. All right, that was the quickest overlap I've seen this season. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it in the locker, Malcolm. I've got it in the locker. Um, yes, we start with breaking news in the last hour and a half. That Callum Wilson is injured and he is out for nine to 12 weeks as he requires surgery on his pectoral injury, John. Um, what yeah, an absolute nightmare this is, mate. Is that a breaking news, mate? I thought he was injured all the time. I mean, <laughs> uh, a chocolate teapot's got more resistance to heat, bless him, than... Uh, oh. than it's uh, it's tough because he's a great, he's a good player. Yeah, and did. I feel sorry. I, it reminds me, you know, guys, of Kieran Dyer. In the Kieran Dyer's days... He was always injured, England player, always injured. And I wrote at one time that, you know, because everybody was furious, why the fe I felt sorry for Kieran because it was his career and he sent a lovely message saying, you're the only person that's ever said that. But having said that, I can't help but being fed up, you know, because this is so predictable, it so happens. I mean, this time, for goodness sake, it's his arm. You know, we've we've had all the other injuries, the, the etc. etc. But honest to God, is there anyone on time side that's surprised? And that's the awful tragedy of the thing. We're not surprised, are we? And doesn't it bring home to roost the folly that if this season of only going with two centre forwards, both of whom are injury prone, not buying a centre forward is coming home to roost now. Malcolm, um, I know you're a bit, um, well, you're very honest when you talk about centre forwards. You were very honest about Chris Wood. Um, you've heard the news today. What, what's, your, what's your views on this one? Callum Wilson out for nine to 12 weeks. I've, in all honesty, I think he's been carrying it for, for some weeks, for a number of matches. He hasn't been himself at all. He hasn't looked... Um, sharp in the in the way that we that we know he can be, um, and uh, and 
and it's obviously not been healing or albeit um, perhaps that it's it's not had a chance to heal because he's had to play with Isaac being injured but the fact is that uh, he now needs this surgery he's going to be out pretty much until the end of the season isn't he yeah um, and uh, and Isaac's still out and, and and Newcastle find themselves in this ridiculous situation of only, only having two forwards in the club um you know and and, and are really paying for it uh, this season but but at the same time i have to say that i i in all my years in football i have never ever known a club to have such such a woeful uh, um injury list as Newcastle have had this season um, and uh, it, it's obviously completely affected all form um, it, it, uh, right the way throughout and uh, and that's why we've had a season that has been so up and down um, that uh, uh, um, and, uh, and I think it's it is because you know because when you've got so many players out injured, it, it's in players' minds, I mustn't get injured, I mustn't get injured. And that's the worst thing in the world for a player to take on the field because that's what you do get injured when you're saying, I mustn't get injured, I mustn't get injured. You know, and, and I think that it's, it, I think it's had a, a drastic uh, effect on, on Newcastle's season I mean, generally and, um, and, and all for the worst, not the better. I mean, the, 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 thing, <clears throat> the thing that staggers me about our injury list, and it has been longer than the A1, and it has been all, all season. And the thing that staggers me is there's so many freakish injuries. You think of the way Pope went down on his shoulder. I mm. mean, he almost was lying on a feather bed, wasn't it? And it was suddenly out, and there we had Murphy out with the shoulder. Right. But how long? We've had Elliot Anderson with a, a, a crack back. How on earth did that happen? We had Harvey Barnes for about five months with a toe injury. And, and, and this latest Wilson one isn't the usual hamstring or, or whatever. It's a freakish injury to his arm from when he when, when he fell. And it was some, it's something to do with the muscles in his arm. Well, I mean, how freakish are, are these injuries? And they're absolutely incredible. And all of them, by the way, and I know we're repeating ourselves, but all of them are long-term. Look at this one. It's not an injury where you miss two games. Everybody goes out for, mm -hmm. for a length of time. And, I mean, it is absolutely crazy. But Yeah, it's not two I'm games, sorry. it's two months and more. No, but we've got to be truthful, you know, it doesn't matter how good a player you are, if you don't play regularly, you're not of much use to anybody, and that is the situation with Callum Wilson. Bless him, he's a good player, he's been an England-class centre-forward, but he's not available regularly enough, and that's the bottom line. And it's always that way, and it isn't going to improve at his age with his injury record. It isn't going to get any better. So he is the one that's got to go in the summer. You know, we've got to get some wiggle room by having to sacrifice a, a first-teamer to give us wiggle room with the uh, FFP. And Maxi was the one that we sacrificed 
last season. And we've if we have to sacrifice somebody, then I don't want it to be Bruno, who's a top-class player. I don't want it to be Joe Linton, because there's not many midfield players that can do what, in particular, what he does. So it's got to be Almiron and Wilson if somebody's got to be sacrificed to make way for, for people coming in. And Callum, I'm afraid, and I've got utmost respect for his ability, but it's as I've said, if you're not available, it doesn't matter how talented you are, if you're not playing, you have no help. And, and Callum doesn't play regularly. No, <laughs> Gary says, if I'm being honest, you couldn't make up the injury crisis. We've had for a number of yeah. months. I'm not superstitious, but is St. James's Park built on a Celtic burial ground? Um, and Tim says, in all seriousness, the club dropped the ball <laughs> by not getting a striker in the two transfer windows. Top seven will be a challenge now with Elliot, uh, with uh, with Wilson out. And David Cook says, I think Elliot's stress fracture in his back may have come from the extent of his bulking up in the summer, probably doing too much weight, which is an interesting, uh, interesting idea. Yeah, the other news, of course, is... is around Dan Ashworth this week, John. Um, yeah. And of course, you know, it, it, the talk of him potentially going to Manchester United has resurfaced. Mm. El Giorgio said, would any financial profit compensation made from the release of Dan Ashworth count towards FFP? Uh, please don't hammer me if it's a stupid question. Well, I would imagine it is. £10 million coming into the club would probably benefit, you know, would probably benefit FFP. There's no doubt about that. But this isn't cut and dry, John. This this story, I would call it regurgitated only because before Sir Jim Ratcliffe went to Manchester United, there was there was talk of um, one of his, you know, one of his friends being a very good associate of Dan Ashworth. Dan Ashworth didn't really come out and, and deny that, you know, you know that, that he was, you know, that he, he could be interested, he could go. Um, he's not really said a great deal since he came to the club. Now that Jim Ratcliffe's got his feet under the table and he's at Manchester United, the story's resurfaced. So, is there any news in it? Do you think, John? Is there is there a is there a is there a, a you know a, a movement on Ashworth's behalf to, to go? Do you think, or do you yes. think you yes. do? Yeah, I think it is there. I think an approach, an unofficial approach to see if he's interested, has already been made to the man himself. He has indicated that he is interested. And I would be very, very surprised indeed if he doesn't end up there eventually. These things take an absolute eternity. You've got to work out compensation. You go on gardening leave. I mean, I think directors of football must have the most beautiful lawns and flower beds in the, the history of gardening because they go on garden leave for an eternity. I mean, he was on garden leave before he come here and he's going on garden leave again. His garden will be be shown on Kew Gardens or something in the summer, won't it? I mean, it's absolutely incredible. But I think that he will go. And let me put this another way. Supposing... And there is something in this story, and the approach has been made to Dan Asher. It, it's got to be made through the front door to Newcastle United yet. But like all clubs, they sound out the situation. They're not going to walk through the front door of Dan Asher saying, going to say to them, I'm not interested whatsoever. You find out if you're interested. That's what I did on Newcastle United's behalf when they got Arthur Cox's manager. I was asked if I would speak to Arthur Cox unofficially to see if he was interested before they took it any further. I did that. Arthur said he was interested. I told Joe Harvey, Newcastle went through the front door and got him. 
that's the way it works. And it's working this way with Dan Ashworth. But you know what, Steve? If there was nothing in this from Dan Ashworth's point of view, he's just got to come out and get a load of stripes by saying, I am incredibly happy at Newcastle. This was a dream move. I am going to stay at Newcastle. I want to nip this in the bud now and it's all not going to happen. Have we heard anything like that? No. no. And the reason we haven't is because he is interested. And, you know, the cycling guy, Steve, that's moved in with um, with uh, Jim Ratcliffe at Manchester United, the guy that won the, the GB cycling? Yes. He is a big friend of Dan Ashworth. That's the connection, correct, that, yeah. That's the connection. That's the connection. Yeah, Malcolm's having issues with his internet tonight. He was—you might have noticed—he was picture wasn't great, and he was—he was in and out earlier on. So, um, yeah. he was obviously trying to get that sorted out. So we'll just crack on. Um, you know the the news about Dan Ashworth. I think John is is going to. It, well, it, it it seemed to unsettle us. Uh, do you think there's any truth in the rumour about him not getting on as well with Eddie Howe? There's been lots of rumours circulating around Tyneside that perhaps the relationship isn't as good as people may have thought, um, you know, and, and, and you know, that could be a reason why, you know, he might move to Manchester United. Yeah. Or do you think it's down to, do you think it's down to the fact that, you know, maybe he thought he had money to spend when he's come here, he hasn't. So that, you know, it wasn't what okay. it said on the tin. I think there's a bit of both in it. Um, I don't think there's, let's say, knock straight away on the head any presumption that, that Eddie Howe and Dan Ashworth don't get on in our loggerheads because that is certainly not, not the case. But equally, he's not one of Eddie Howe's in a sanctum. You know, Eddie Howe's got people around him. He's got his nephew working at Newcastle, who's working on the transfer front in the same way Stan Nixon is. Um, and there's there's a closeness and there's an absolute respect between Eddie Howe and Dan Ashworth, respect for each other, but there's not a closeness. He's not part of the inner sanctum. It's not um, written in stone that they go together like fish and chips. It, it isn't like that. I think from Dan's point of view, the, what was on the tin has not quite been what's been served up to him. This is a longer project than, than he anticipated. It is hamstrung mm -hmm. by FFP. Manchester United are much further down that road with the, the amount of revenue they generate, etc., etc. They have not got the restrictions Newcastle United have got. Um, so that comes into the package as well. But I just want to say, because we're talking, you know, doom and gloom here, but I just want to say that from my point of view, there's nobody bigger than the club. The club is the most important thing of the lot. Dan Ashworth has been very important in Newcastle. He was seen as a catch by Newcastle United when he was in Brighton and seemingly Manchester United see him as a catch now. However, it is you people think that he is the crux to the the transfer windows for Newcastle. And but he is not the talent spotter. He doesn't decide who, and a lot of people think he does or has a huge input, but he doesn't decide who the target is. He doesn't decide who the centre forward will be, who the number six will be. He didn't decide on 
Isaac or Botman or whatever. Or he, Bruno, or Bruno, which some of the national media are, are claiming that he, he was to do with a Bruno transfer. No, he had absolutely nothing that, to do with it. That's what I want to come to in a second. But it, he his genius is that once Newcastle United decide who they want, he moves in and does the financial aspect of that deal. And he is clever at competing deals, etc., etc. But he doesn't pick the player. And let us remember that he come here six months after Eddie Howe because of the famed um, gardening leave. You know, you've got to get your greenhouse into position before you can leave and take up a job. So he didn't come straight to Newcastle. In that period, we had our first transfer window, January 22, and we signed the two biggest, most influential signings this regime have had during that window in Bruno and Kieran Trippier. They were signed when we didn't have a director of football and actually had no um, participation in that. Now, if we are left going into the summer transfer window, which is a worry because it's an absolute crucial transfer window, this, because we've had two poor ones, we need a good one. If we go in without a director of football, Ashworth goes, we haven't got one appointed, or the guy's got a, is already with another club and he's got to do his severance pay and, and um, gardening leave, so we haven't got one this summer. It is not the end of the world. Our first window up here, we signed Bruno and we signed Kieran Trippier without a director of football, not through Dan Ashworth. So it is not the end of the world. It is a blow. But blows happen. We may have to take a blow with a with a top player leaving to get other players in. One step back to go two forward. Well, maybe this is the same. I'm not playing down what Dan Ashworth means to Newcastle, but let's not get carried away. Let's not say this summer's going to be ruined because Dan Ashworth's not going to be here. Because he, he wasn't here when we signed Bruno and he wasn't here when he signed Trippier. And has there been two better signings than those two? No, definitely not. I mean, he, you know, for me, I'm not bothered if he goes or not. If he goes, great. Good luck to him. If he does, if he decides to stay, great. Good luck. I, I trust the I trust the people in charge. I think they'll get a, a, you know a replacement who will be who will be better. What about what about you, Malcolm? What's what's your news on this whole you know Dan Ashworth to Manchester United story, which is doing the rounds again? Yeah, from what I'm reading now, because the story um, that existed. Um, some some weeks or months ago, so it's sort of regurgitating. But I, I but I think now that the situation has changed somewhat at um, at Manchester United um, with the with Ratcliffe going in um, as a twenty five percent shareholder, um, and and he's he's making a lot of the decisions there. And I think that that he's. Uh, um, his team, they've sort of looked around and, um, and spoken with a lot of people and, and Dan Ashworth's name has, has kept cropping up. And Manchester United, they do a lot of wheeling and dealing in the transfer market. And so I, I can understand um, the, the move that they're making. Um, the one thing that, that really does concern me is that now is a is a 
dreadful, dreadful time for Newcastle to be to, to be looking at losing Ashworth for the simple reason that you work that that he, the manager and and other members of the staff, that they will be working at putting together a list for what they need to do in the summer. And the summer isn't that far away, the closed season, not that far away. We're in the middle of February when we've got March, April and a couple of weeks of May and then and then the transfer window opens. And so there's not that long to go. Um, and so what's Dan Ashworth going to be doing between now and, and, and then? He's not going to be suggesting players to Newcastle if he's moving on somewhere else, is he? He's not going to be looking for new to 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 uh, make Newcastle stronger, um, because his thoughts will be elsewhere. And I think that as soon as something like that happens, I, okay, it might be called gardening leave, but best that the that the that the guy leaves the club as soon as possible. Um, and if there is truth in in, in the story, um, and and let's get somebody let's get somebody new in to do to do that particular job um and uh i i i just i just find it uh, um bad taste that that such business um should be done where they're competing sides manchester united and newcastle united and and then and they're doing and they're doing this at a real key time for what's going to happen in the summer i, think I mean that that's true enough but um i think that's why gardening leave comes into anybody that's leaving so that they don't go off and take everything that you've done on behalf of the club you've been at and stick it straight mm -hmm. to manchester sure. united you can have three to nine months gardening leave. You can have 12 months gardening leave if the club goes crazy or the buying club doesn't pay enough compensation, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it is a bad time to go, but I've got to re-emphasize what I've already said, guys, is that Dan Ashworth does not pick Newcastle United's transfer targets. He is the whiz kid at doing the deals okay. once Stan Nixon or um, Howe's nephew and Eddie with his input decides who Newcastle are buying. He's the whiz kid that then makes it happen. But he doesn't pick the targets. So picking the targets between now and the summer is not going to change whether whether Ashworth's part of the equation or not, which is how we got... Bruno and Trippier before he come because the organisation that picks our targets was in place then and is still in place now, which is Stan Nixon, um, Howe's nephew, Howe himself and the scouting teams. And I think this guy's real forte comes into place once you've got a target and you've got to agree a transfer fee, you've got to agree wages, you've got to do this, you've got to do it. He's brilliant at that. But, hey, we signed Bruno and Trippier without him. Yes. Let's not yes. forget that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, good absolutely. point. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, it's a story that's going to run and run. I'm sure we will uh, we will be talking about it again over the next couple of weeks. Uh, we are halfway through the show. Time for the ads. A big thanks to all our sponsors, Skips and Bins. Go to their website, skipsandbins.com. Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com or telephone 0800 25 Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks to Mr. Vicky Sources, Handmade in Cumbria. Go to their website, mrvickies.co.uk. Email info at mrvickies.co.uk or telephone 01768 210102. Thanks to United Group Travel. Go to their website, unitedgrouptravel.com. Email info at unitedgrouptravel.com or phone 01670 632 460 or mobile 0791 666 4174. They're a local company from Morbeth and there are no strangers on our tours, just friends you haven't met yet. Big thanks to Media Arts for all the help with the video side of things. And if you want to subscribe to the channel, hit the subscribe button under the video. Click the thumb up to like the video and click share to share to your social media. If you want to help the channel financially, you can pay a one-off £25 fee. You get a cup, a scarf, a pen and a membership card and entry into the NUFC Matters monthly draw. Email john at nufcmatters.com for more details. Or if you've got a smartphone, scan the QR code now and it takes you straight to the membership pack. We also support the food bank on this channel. Go to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk and you'll find the matchday bucket. You can make a donation virtually today. You can also find us on iTunes, Spotify and other podcast providers. We also do events during the year. NUFC Matters Live will be at the O2 City Hall on Friday the 2nd of August for an evening with Rob Lee, one night in Antwerp. Tickets start at £15 and you can get them from Ticketmaster. An evening with the entertainers takes place on Friday the 24th of January 2025 at the Tyne Theatre and Opera House in Newcastle. Telephone 0844 249 or visit the website tynetheatreandoperahouse.uk to buy tickets today. You can also catch me on the Northeast Footy Breakfast Show live on Toon Radio weekdays 7 till 9am on DAB smart speakers and the tuneuk.com and don't forget we've got our end of season deal as well uh 20th of july at the irish center uh 10 a ticket nufcmatters.com and there's going to be a live q a with john and malcolm a band called stanic none george is going to do an ask george and be a few of the nufc matters regulars there as well so get yourself along and we'll be raising money for the food bank Okay, uh, we have got a question in for the lads. Uh, we've got a few comments about Dan Byrne, by the way. Uh, not Dan Byrne, about Dan Ashworth. Um, lots, 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 some, some which you can't read out. Uh, Keegan Statue says, most of Ashworth's ideas and plans for the future will have been put into place already. A new face can add extra knowledge, experience and ideas to build on Dan's work. Which is, yeah, it's, yeah exactly. It's not the end of the day just because you, you lose him. And finishing up on the sporting director... Dave just says, Malcolm, would you have worked with a sporting director if you were a manager? No, because the manager did all of all of that. All yeah. the res- all the responsibilities that are Ashworth would have been done by the manager. Yeah. In would you have been happy? Would you have been happy? I think what Dave was trying to say was, had you been a manager now, would you have been happy working with a sporting director? If you hadn't if you had a choice. Oh, yes, yeah, I'd be quite happy to do that. But um I would have the last say on everything. 
as the manager. Yeah. Okay, because, that's good. Yeah, and, and and that's important. And 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 if that if if in any way that's ever usurped by a yeah. board or whoever, um, then that that's a problem for the club, a serious problem. Um, and if you remember right, if you remember, um, uh, uh, Ashley, he did that to uh, to one of the managers in Kevin his Keegan. League. Kevin Keegan, Malcolm. Well, there was Kevin Keegan, but then he did it to um, ah, dear me, uh, Alan Pardew. Did it to everybody if he could get away with it, didn't he? Well, I, yeah, I suppose so. But he, but he sort of, uh, um, but he, he almost belittled Alan Pardew, didn't he? Um, he certainly belittled uh, Alan Shearer and Kevin Keegan. He told Kevin, Kevin yeah. Keegan was told to watch the signings on YouTube. That's right. Yes. Yeah. But Cisco. Uh, oh. to, to, to the name Cisco one. Kid. The, the Cisco, Cisco kid. Uh, Killian Mbappe has told PSG he's leaving at the end of the season. We've seen that. Is he Callum Wilson's replacement, lads? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. That was a joke. Wait a minute. No, no. I mean, I'm trying to get Chris Wood back. Hey, wait, behave yourself. Well, I, I mean, top goal scorer at Nottingham Forest. I mean, should that's for the count Should have stayed. Should have stayed. If we can get him back and we can get Shelby back to play as a number six, next season he'll be taken care of. Well, Mbappe will be looking at it and, and thinking to himself, well, if I go and sign for Newcastle, it means I don't have to play against Dan Byrne ever, ever again. Yeah, exactly. That's a positive. Uh, Dan, Jason, did Dan put him in his back pocket? He did. He did. He did. <laughs> Absolutely in his back pocket. Uh, hi, lads. Question for John O'Mal. I watched the 1976, the big match of the 1976 FA Cup sixth round tie away at the Derby. He said, I've never heard of our keeper, Eddie Edgar. Only game he ever played. Why did he play? Well, it would have been through injuries. It was. It was, Malcolm, yes. yes. And that yes. was through injuries. And it was the only game that he played. And he then, um, at some point later, um, went and played in Canada. And took his coaching badges. And he opened up um, a, 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 a huge coaching centre. I mean, um, if yeah. you remember that that game, Malcolm, I think we got beat four. We four. got beat four and Eddie and never it, played again. But no, if you well, also yeah, remember... Steve, what his performance was like. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, flapping in the wind a little bit. Um, sure, but if you sure. remember, Steve, and I'm trying to think of his, his Christian name, our centre-half Edgar, that was his son. Yes, That's right, the, Dave, David Edgar. Yeah, remember the kid? Yeah. That, that was yes. Eddie's son. Yeah. That's right. Um, but Eddie is over in Canada, isn't he, Johnny? He, had, he opened yeah. up a huge coaching um, yeah. school. Um, and and it, it, what I was told was that it would handle 7,500 kids every week. It, it, it was a monster of a thing. Incredible. Incredible, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, good stuff. Good question. Thanks for that, Jason. Uh, Emil Kraft signed a new uh, contract, uh, another one-year extension. Joining Fabian Share uh, on that uh, list of players who uh, have been committing to another season. Are you happy with that, John? 
Well, it, it's par for the course with Newcastle, isn't it? Because they, you see, we're progressing, and the progress is slow, and you've got to have backup while you process. You know, you might want to improve the first team, but you've got to sit nine people on the subs bench, and therefore you've got to get the number seven, eight, nine on the subs bench filled. And Kraft can cover right back and, and centre-half, and so he's got it. I mean, this is a policy that will be repeated, guys. And, um, you know, we've got um, Dummett out of contract at the end of the season. Now, everybody would say Paul should go, and, and I think for Paul's own peace of mind he should go because he should be playing because you're a long time retired and he doesn't play yeah. but he, yeah. he may well Absolutely. be offered a contract Lascelles will be offered a contract that's for certain his contract's up so Lascelles and maybe Dummett will follow will follow uh, Kraft in getting a new contract mm -hmm. Richie should be well beyond the sell by date bless him and shouldn't be yeah. offered a new contract neither should Gillespie but I think you'll get people like uh, Lascelles for absolute certain in Dummett maybe offered new contracts like Kraft. Mm. Malcolm, I mean, it's, it just seems that we're, we're keeping hold of all of these old players, but I guess it, it hammers home the point that we haven't got a great deal of um, business potentially that we can do over the course of these uh, transfer windows because of, of yeah. FFP. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, until we're able to free ourselves from from the shackles that FFP have thrown all, all over the club, um, then yes. But I, I just look at somebody like uh, Kraft and I think, well, you know, you're, you're signing this contract and you know that you, the best you're going to get is sitting on the bench and maybe just getting on every now and again for, for 10 or 15 minutes. And if that satisfies you as a professional and you're happy enough to get old and look back at your career and say, oh, dear, I was brilliant on that uh, touchline. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, uh, I, I don't understand it myself personally. Um, that if I couldn't get, if I wasn't in the team, I was banging on the manager's door, wanting away. And, and and you find you find the level um, that suits you, um, and uh, and uh, and with Kraft, it, because good heavens above, he's an international player for heaven's sake. He's an international, and he's happy to because um, it's not as if he even has regular reserve team football. He doesn't because that sort of situation doesn't really exist anymore. Um, no, because no, they're all injured. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's it, but it's it, it's it's very much um, age rated um, outside of the first team squad, um, and uh, so so these players that yeah, you know, how many minutes has Kraft been on the pitch? so far this season and here we are middle of february i bet he hasn't been on 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 the pitch for for three hours no i mean yeah he, from the, i can never quite understand it from a personal point of view malcolm as you rightly say you know if i was paul dummett i'd simply think i'm going to be a long time retired i could if i dropped down from the premier league 
be playing regularly and I would prefer to do that. From Newcastle United's point of view, they've got to fit in 20 players every match day. Now, yeah. if you've got 10 injured, which we have, if you've got 10 injured, that takes that's covering 30 players on a match day. You're 10 injured, you're 11 mm -hmm. to play, and you're 9 on the bench. And Newcastle, so what you're going to get is you're going to get some aging players who regularly get a position on the bench, like this season, Gillespie and Richie and Kraft and Dummett, who are not going to get anywhere near starts, but they've got to fill up the back end of the bench. Or you get kids who are going on the bench, like White and like Parkinson, and you've got to have a, a sort of balance between sure. the two. So Newcastle are just, they're offering Kraft and these people an extra year, in always just a year because you don't want anything larger. You've got to, at some stage, allow them or get rid but they, you're right, they aren't, they're looking at it like I'm on decent wages here, I'm happy, the family's happy, I'm not going to move. Uh, okay, um, ambition's out the window, but maybe that's another way of looking at it. Like, from Newcastle's point of view, this would change. Once you become Manchester City or Arsenal or Liverpool of today, who's been established for seasons, then you can have a stronger bench and that does go out the window and you get a bigger bench because you've had more wiggle room. We have had no wiggle room. What financial fair play has done to us is absolutely us. It's absolutely stunted our growth big time and will continue to, to stunt our growth. We have got to take small steps. Manchester City, when they were taken over, were allowed to do big steps because there was no financial fair play when they were t originally taken over, so they could just do what they liked. Now we've got to take small, small steps, and that's going to hold us back for seasons. We're going to continue to make progress, but not at the level from last season, from relegation to fourth top. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting question from Alan. He says, uh, where do you honestly think Newcastle will finish now with 14 games to go, Gibble? Well, before the news of Wilson came, and I should have anticipated it, um, I believe we are now, there's no more wiggle room left, my favourite word, wiggle. There's no more wiggle room left because we are seventh. Now, if you want to guarantee Europe, we've got to finish in the top five. Um because the four places in the Champions League, one place in the Europa League, the other Europa League place goes to the FA Cup winners, and the conference place goes to the League Cup winners. You can qualify from seventh, which is where we are now, if the two domestic cups are won by top, top clubs. For example, if Liverpool win the League Cup instead of Chelsea, they're going to go into the Champions League. So that position will revert back to the league. So the sixth will qualify. If the FA Cup's won by another big club, say Man City, then that reverts back into the league. So you qualify from seventh. Um, there is the possibility of five sides being in the Champions League, just to confuse it even more. That's only at risk, ironically, because we put it at risk by going out of Europe so quickly with Manchester United that it's going to be taken on the average of how well 
a country has done in Europe this particular season. We aren't in a driving seat there but at the moment because of Manchester United and Newcastle United. I, but we are seventh. And I've looked at the 14 games left, guys. And if we had an even squad, and you've got to remember that while Wilson's gone, Isaac is going to come back. We might have three games of no centre-forward, but Isaac is going to come back. And you look at those 14 games, you know, guys, and we only play a current top six club three times. The only top six club that's got to come to St. James's Park is Spurs. And the only top six club we play away is Arsenal and Manchester United. Mm. All the rest, the other 11 games we play are clubs that are currently below us in seventh place. Now, there's no wiggle room because if we beat Bournemouth and get three points, we don't go up a place because sixth place is Manchester United, five points ahead of us. So we can't go any higher. But if we don't get the points, there's West Ham, there's uh, Chelsea now uh, in Brighton all within striking distance of being able to go above us. So we're, we're more vulnerable than we are going to chill with other people out. But if you look at the fixture list, we only play three top six clubs out of 14 games to, before the end mm -hmm. of the season. You've got an outside chance. Forget the Champions League. That's pie in the sky. You've got an outside chance of finishing six or seven. And six this season will be good enough if Liverpool win the League Cup. Right. There is one problem on what you say, John, and that is that Newcastle seem to do better against the sides in the top half of the correct. table. Correct. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely correct. But you know, well, that's nine points and we've got against, against <laughs> Spurs, Manchester United. Right. And Arsenal. You know, but but I'm hoping that they're not all, Malcolm, they're not all in a relegation fight at the bottom and as the season goes on those in mid-table you know they lose the will to fight don't they you know mm. those that are in mid-table they're not going to go into europe they're not going to be relegated flip flops on them if you get amongst them they sacrifice the points don't they yeah um, yeah but yes, very we, true but we've got to play without the center forward and believe you me however good a player gordon is you know when gordon plays center forward first of all he's not an automatic goal scorer so he's not a natural centre forward but you know the biggest drawback we've lost our best winger yeah that's the biggest drawback when he plays centre forward yeah. we've lost our best winger mm -hmm. okay lots to uh to cram in in the last uh, 20 minutes uh spenny good evening he says a uh, question to the two legends i mentioned on the fans forum on monday that if it comes to bruno being suspended and still waiting for players to come back in would you play Fabian Cher in midfield and Kraft at centre-back, John? Very interesting question, and this has been thrown up a few times. I mean, uh, Bruno is certain to be suspended it's, at one time. Bless him, isn't he? He only needs one more booking. I yeah. mean, he, he admitted, he admitted, and at least it's getting through to the kid. He admitted that when he scored the winner against Forrest, 
he was about to take his shirt off to to celebrate <laughs> and realize he'd get booked and he would have a two-match suspension so he kept it on he's actually yeah. beginning to think about it which is wonderful he was terrific at Nottingham Forest by the way and well done yeah he was and, and he played you know why he was terrific guys because he played in his proper position which sure. is the attacking midfielder he hasn't got the discipline or the whoosh to be the number six to play mm -hmm. defensively if, yeah our midfield the balance will never be right with these three boys because they don't complement each other each one of them is individually got things going from but doing the defensive job i mean miley was switched to being a six so that bruno could go forward bruno going forward was huge it was wonderful asking a 17 year old kid to play as a six when it's not his natural midfield game is asking an awful lot and he has got football intelligence and he is clever etc etc but he does lose concentration people do run off the back of him because he's yeah. a he's 17 year old for goodness sake yeah. he's not yeah. a natural defensive midfield player and we've got this that's another one i don't want to get on the hobby horse because i leave that to malcolm with uh with bruno and um sorry not bruno max and everybody and that big dan burn but we need a six and we need a center forward and um, yes we're going to lose bruno isn't it amazing we look at the team and if we are talking tonight steve and, and you ask us what's the team going to be on saturday we know the back four is going to be the same we're yep. probably probably none of us would play burn and would play love for Mendo, but we know the manager isn't going to do that so the back four is going to be the same the center three is going to be the same because we haven't got anybody else and so sure. the only wiggle rooms up front and that's been made less by the callum wilson situation but um we really missed Joe Linton. We've actually missed, and we don't talk about it a lot because Joe Linton's the big miss, but we've missed the legs of Willock, you know, getting box to box. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it, the legs of Willock is it, taken out of this team as being a massive, massive list. Perhaps Anderson's going to come back. We're going to get some wiggle room in midfield. Anderson can play as a, as a false nine the same as Gordon can. Can Bonds play as a false nine if we need a false nine for a while? Yeah, uh, well, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I tell you what, Malcolm could play as a false yeah. nine now, and, and, he, 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 and so he, well, a, there was a couple of texts that I saw. One was, um, "How about playing Shaw midfield and playing Kraft at the back?" Yeah, <clears throat> but then, <clears throat> and I thought, no, nah, you don't. You don't. You don't want Shaw in midfield. If anywhere, stick him up front as a nine. Oh, I was going to say he is the, wrote, he is the best. In, in he's the best goal-scoring centre half we've had since yeah. Philip Albert scored that chip against yeah. Manchester United. Um, yeah, so he, yes, but uh, and there's the possibility. I mean, Shaw's played there not only for us, but I think he's played there for Sweden on the very rare occasion. The defensive midfield player, Shaw has played no, there not sweden switzerland sorry i do apologize absolutely so but i think he has it on the international stage i think he has played really? there I think um, he has. and the interesting thing is it may not be Kraft that played right side center half then it may be lascelles now yeah, he's yeah, played again because yeah. he had a steady run in there recently didn't he he, he had did. a steady running there but yeah. i mean you know we we haven't got 
on the whole of the books, we haven't got a defensive midfielder. I mean, definitely Big Joe's not that, but he, he just does every part of that job, doesn't he? He's so physical, he's mm. so strong, he's so big and powerful that he breaks up play and he's a huge barrier without ever being a defensive midfield player because he wants to drive forward. And he's been a, a, a terrific miss. Our midfield is so unbalanced, it's untrue. We've got to grit our teeth and get on with it at the moment, but it is not balanced. No, well, yeah, but, it, but it, when you say it's not balanced, John, it tips forward. It doesn't sort of tip back. Correct. Absolutely, Malcolm. Absolutely, Malcolm. That, that's exactly what it does. And, and you know, it's, it's a 4-3 midfield, isn't it? Yes. We'll score four and let in three, or we'll score three and you let in four. It's a four-three yeah. midfield at the moment. Uh, wiggle count is on eleven. Uh, said uh, Blue Rhythm Boy before for John. Uh, Blue, <laughs> who was the best keeper you faced, Malcolm? The best, Peter Shilton. There Peter Shilton, without any shadow of a doubt. Pat Jennings, also, I would say, um, but uh, uh, for me. Uh, Peter Shilton was absolutely outstanding. He really was, and uh, and he was a lovely fella. Absolutely fabulous guy. He really is. And um, but uh, I've seen Shilts make some unbelievable saves, um, and <laughs> and all too often they were against me. <laughs> That's why he's the best keeper. And. <laughs> Newcastle take on Bournemouth this weekend, uh, three o'clock kickoff, and uh, Eddie Howe will be looking to where beat his format side for the first time in the Premier League as Magpies boss haven't failed to do that in the last three attempts. We did, of course, beat Bournemouth in the Carabao Cup in December 2022, uh, a 1-0 win for Eddie Howe's boys against Bournemouth in that particular game. Uh, the Premier League meetings last season, of course, well, they were two 1-1 draws. Uh, we've already played them this season at the Vitality, and that was a 2-0 win for Bournemouth. Uh, Newcastle are without a victory in their last three Premier League home games. Uh, been a while since we've had to say that. Uh, the last time we yeah. went four without claiming maximum points at SGP uh, was the start of 21-22. We were winless in seven back in that period as well. Uh, team news, uh, a bit early, as you know, on a Thursday, but Callum Wilson... Uh, is now out for nine to 12 weeks. Mm. Uh, he's having surgery on his pectoral injury. Joe Willock and Elliot Anderson are getting closer to returns. Uh, we probably won't find out how close on Friday. We'll have to wait till Saturday to see one of them is going to be risked. Jacob Murphy was on the bench at Nottingham Forest, uh, but he was unable to play the game because he picked up a calf injury during the warm-up. Uh, but oh, he, he, we did. All, he did, yeah. We're hoping he it will be... We will. We are hoping he's going to be available against uh, Bournemouth at the weekend. Uh, of course, long-term absences: Nick Pope, Joe Linton, Matt Target, and Sandro Tonali all out for various reasons. As for Alexander Isak, he is getting close to to recovery. We don't expect him to feature this weekend. Never write it off, though. Anthony Gordon left a game on a boot two weeks ago. Didn't expect to see him last weekend. He played the full game, more or less. So you know, you never know. John's already mentioned the yellow card situation. Bruno Gomares still walking the tightrope. He's on nine bookings, one more, and he's suspended for two games. Anthony Gordon, he's got two more uh, to go before he reaches suspension. Let's hope they can both get through the game unscathed from an injury and from bookings at the weekend. 
As for Bournemouth, again, early for team news, but we know Philip Billing is definitely suspended. There's going to be fitness checks over Max Ahrens, Taylor Adams, Ryan Fredericks and James Hill. They went to Fulham um, and they were beaten 3-1 on Saturday. Gone. Uh, that extends their winless run in the Premier League to five games. Uh, the manager, Rayo Valle, uh, was Rayo Vallecano, was manager. Um, so he was sitting in the dugout when we played them in December 22. And uh, Newcastle ran out 2-1 winners on that occasion. Uh, Bournemouth have won four times on the road so far this season. Uh, they notched up consecutive victories in November and December at Sheffield United 3-1 and Crystal Palace 2-0. Uh, they also had a, a win at Manchester United 3-0, which shows they shouldn't be yeah. underestimated. Not Forest 3-2. Uh, they had draws at Brentford and West Ham 2-2 and 1-1 respectively. The other six away games have ended in defeat. They've scored at least once in all but one of their 14 league and cup games so far this season. Referee, it's your first time in charge of a Newcastle fixture this season uh, for Mr Salisbury and uh, VAR, which is often switched off, is Rob Jones, so Michael Salisbury, the referee. So, John, uh, big game um, for Newcastle. Uh, on a good run ourselves, um, looking to build on it and obviously looking to, to, to end the bad run of form at home, John. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. Um, we shipped goals at home. We used to say this was a fortress. It was only mm -hmm. Liverpool and Manchester City. I'm talking about Eddie Howe that come up here and got results. In the last three results at home, we've let in four against Luton, three against Man City, okay, three against Forest. Two sides fighting relegation and we're facing a, another side in the bottom half of the table this time. We said before we went on this one of three games, we had to get a minimum of seven points out of nine. When we only got one against Luton, we were worried. But we then got three at Forest. So if we get three against Bournemouth, we've got the seven points out of nine. We're going to have to do it with a false nine because we haven't got a centre forward. That is not a help. Because if it's Gordon, as I say, or and it will be Gordon, he... He doesn't. He's not a natural goal scorer, and we've lost our best winger. Um, but Bournemouth on in a run of form. They haven't won in the last five Premier League games. That is not a good run of form. They're not in form. And if we don't beat Bournemouth at home, we can forget about Europe, man. If you don't beat Bournemouth at home, then you don't qualify for Europe. Uh, that is a certainty. However, having faced reality. I think we will beat Bournemouth at home. And, and with or without the centre-forward, and it's going to be without the centre-forward, I think we'll win. I'm taking Newcastle to win. What's the prediction, John? Um, I don't think, because of the uh, lack of goal-scoring power, I don't think it'll be easy I'm going 2-0 or 2-1. It might even be as close as 2-1. You know what? I don't care what the score is. As long as at the end of it, there's a big W for win. If that's on the end, the job's done. I'm going 2-1. Uh, Malgam, thoughts on the game and your prediction? Yeah. I, I, um, I, I, I thought that Newcastle, it was just about the worst game that they played all season down at Bournemouth. So I'm hoping that they completely reverse that on Saturday. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to take Newcastle to win the, the, 
they've, they've not been that great at home over the over the past few weeks um and and if they're going to maintain seventh place which i think it should get them into europe um then uh, <laughs> then these kind of games you've got to win you have to win um and and whether we've got a center forward or not uh whether it's a false nine and it's uh, and it's gordon uh, the, the the one thing about newcastle is that there's goals all over the all over the team you know yeah. we're not relying just on on one man in, and in fact to, to be honest um wilson I, I think he's been suffering the past um three games and he's he's really not been himself so uh and, and newcastle have scored a lot of goals so I'm going to take Newcastle to win three-one, and uh, uh, and I'm and I'm looking forward to some really good football. I think Bournemouth, the football they play is absolutely superb. Yeah. Okay. Don't forget, you can see uh, John uh, along with John Anderson uh, at the Tyneside Ira Centre. Uh, that is uh, on Saturday. At uh, 12 o'clock, doors open. Uh, John and John will be on stage around about 1 o'clock. So get yourself in there. Uh, kids are welcome at the Tainside Irish Centre. So look forward to seeing you all there, guys. Lads, it's been a pleasure. Take care. And uh, I will see you next week. Take care, lads. All right. Bye, Keep the faith. Uh -huh.